The EPL Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is your home for the Champions League, the EPL, the NBA, college basketball, and the XFL. Use the promo code SGP and get up to $1,000 in free bets. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Roman. If you're struggling with ED and you don't want to wait for treatment, get effective ED prescriptions without having to visit a doctor. Go to getroman.com slash SGP for a free online visit and two-day free shipping. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy site on the planet. If you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's monkeyknifefight.com promo code SGP. You're listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at LockBain and check out my website, LockBain.com. Oh, we're coming off a rough night. I tell you, I'm really not in the mood to talk about any more soccer after what Arsenal just did. We had some big futures plays pending on Arsenal qualifying to the next round. It was also the first Europa League lock of the entire season that I've lost. I had a 7-0 record going in tonight, into tonight and it's been messed up by Arsenal not being able to keep possession of the ball late on in the game, conceding a goal to a Greek side, Olympiakos. Very, very poor for a Premier League team to be eliminated by a Greek side and that's what Arsenal did. 118th minute killed off our futures or so it seemed until a chance broke for Aubameyang in injury time in extra time four yards out unmissable and he missed it horrible horrible beat for us tonight and um I really went off on a rant and fuck this and fuck that and and just wasn't in any kind of mindset to talk about football but to look on the bright side, we've been very, very good on soccer lately uh, with our premium players and just generally with what we've been given out for free. Uh, we've got a 24 and 7 record with locks on the European show. And uh, the European show in itself is just pure gold. A load of the picks there uh, coming through. And I'm not just talking about what goes through to the premium members of the European shows. You know, the way it works is that we look all the way around Europe and stream it down to just seven or eight games that we like. And those games have been bearing fruit for us. And just over here on the EPL show, the general breakdown of shows, I've been getting a lot of tweets about people making money, uh, 2-0 run in the Champions League shows, lock run here is at 25-8. and eight, And I'm taking that back to the time where we started the season 2-5. and five. We started the season 0-2, oh uh, went to 2-2, two and two, and then went to 2-5. and five, And very, very quickly, everybody was on my back, simply forgetting that last year, that this show had a 47-11 uh, and 11 lock record. Sorry, and... I was never, ever someone who touted that lot record and said that this is the way it is and this is the way it will be and this is who I am. I always said this is this is an incredible anomaly because this is a very, very difficult league and though I expect to always be in that 65% plus region because that's the expectations that I set, 81% is not a realistic expectation and I often would speak to Kramer um, who, who runs the podcast and say... 
I'm uncomfortable with this almost to a certain extent. As much as I'm, I love my achievement and the fact that we're getting so many followers and the fact that I'm getting so many subscribers and the fact that the EPL show is growing off the back of this and word of mouth is saying that this show hits its lock nearly every week or 81% at a time, uh, I feel the pressure of the following year because this is not a sustainable number. Uh, the 25 and 13 from the previous year was a realistic expectation and to be 27 and 13 now that's the kind of number where I'm comfortable being at in terms of uh, I think that I could achieve that each and every year it's I'm, I'm there's nobody out there that's better than me at soccer nobody breaks it down better than I do um, tactical analysis of the Real Madrid Man City game for example this week was absolutely spot on in terms of saying how the two teams would start the game and that pretty much gave us the automatic foundations for laying the under that we gave out. Probably should have cashed under two and a half and under three and a half. But uh, Real Madrid, unfortunately for them, absolutely collapsed in that game. And it pretty much looks like it's over. And uh, I do think that Man City are obviously going to go through. I would love it if Man City were the only English side that went through, though, because I don't have much love for Liverpool, as you guys know. And um, not a particularly big fan of, of Chelsea and Tottenham either. I think that's kind of the the way it is it's surprising i think american fans think that we would want our english clubs to do well and it's kind of like uh an england versus spain versus italy versus germany mentality it's not that at all i think if people are honest with themselves if you so if you don't support a particular club in the champions league then you're probably rooting against them i think as a Manchester United fan, I want Man City out. I want Liverpool out. I want Chelsea out. I want Tottenham out. I don't want their clubs to be successful. I don't want, I don't see them winning the Champions League as England winning the Champions League or the Premier League winning the Champions League at all. I'm a Manchester United fan and I want the success, uh, the, the most successful team in the Premier League to be Manchester United and that's just how it is. I'm not one of these people that are behind the other English clubs at all. Some people are. Uh, I do know some people that, that do it or or at least make out that they do it. I guess when you're doing professional punditry that you have to kind of take the stance of we, as in we, English clubs and how we fare in Europe is important. And I guess in uh, some ways, in some ways that is logical because the better the English clubs do in Europe, the more likely they are to keep the, the four places. And I think over the, over the success over the years pretty much guarantees that we will continue with our automatic four places in the Champions League because that's not a guarantee for every country around Europe is um, different leagues get more places. But at the moment, the top standing leagues of um, England, Germany, Italy... And, uh, and Spain will all, will all get four spots. But that also comes down to the performance of teams in those competitions. But as I said, I don't think we're in any danger. It's been enough British success over the years and unfortunately it hasn't come through Manchester United. And hopefully Manchester United are about to kick on because we do look so much better in, in recent weeks. And we're now actually getting a run together. It's the difference between now and, and previously is that it's just not fleeting moments where a great performance is, on, is instantly followed up by a letdown. Like Watford looked like a huge let down spot for for united but it wasn't um and i felt confident it wasn't i just felt like we weren't going to lose that game i think members got two parlays on sunday that contained man united as the 
consistent present in both. And, uh, yeah, I just really believe at the moment that the way they took apart Bruges, whereas normally that would be a scrappy game where we allowed Bruges to make themselves difficult for breakdown and we would make it difficult to break them down and it would end up being a 1-0 win. But tonight we just destroyed them and uh, I know you're playing against 10 men for a large part of it but you still need to break teams down because all they'll do with 10 men is get an extra man behind the ball and uh, we were able to tactically break them down and um, and just play just play around them and uh, it was impressive impressive even to the point where Robbie Savage on the BT commentary who's not you know been very kind to Manchester United in the past probably because he was let go of from the team as a, as a youngster, maybe he has some bitterness towards us. Even he said that I can see this team being the team that come forward and challenge next season. And uh, I wouldn't even, if she quite goes far as that, I would settle for us at least next season being a team that qualify for the Champions League without these major difficulties. I do want to come in, in second or third, at least be in and around that place and not challenging for the Champions League right on the peripheral, like being in this fifth, sixth position and just trying to sneak in. I'd rather be comfortably in, much like Leicester are this season. Uh, they've never looked like winning the league, but they've never looked like coming out of the top four. I would settle for that and then possibly pushing on the next season. But well, as you transition um, straight on to Leicester here, because they start the weekend off here on Friday night where they travel to Norwich, who obviously we always say every week are already down. Leicester are the four to five favourites to win this game. It's seven to two on Norwich and it's 14 to five on the draw. This for me represents an opportunity for Leicester to get themselves back on track after last week's loss against City. They've been pretty poor since Christmas. Uh, they've been pretty poor since the last time they played Norwich. I think I always say a lot of people look at the result against Liverpool and say that's the point where there really wasn't a title race where Liverpool just took them to took them to pieces but Leicester were never going to keep up at the, at the rate Liverpool have, have got points this season that was never going to happen so there was never going to be a title race from Leicester only Man City are capable of sustaining that kind of run and going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Liverpool but they never really managed that this season so the expectation wasn't really on Leicester and if anything if Leicester were going to do that that was halted by the fact that Norwich were capable of getting a point at Leicester City. So I think Norwich will be lucky to do that again here. I think they're pretty much resigned to going down. Um, they, they've tried to consistently play their football throughout the season. There have been some games that have produced less goals than others, but they've been consistent to that. And it's almost been their downfall, especially at the start of the season where they were just picked apart trying to play their football and uh, it was the same thing that happened last season but with Fulham they came up as a top footballing team from the championship and trying to play football against better footballers didn't work out for them and they just got exposed each and every week and I can kind of see Norwich being in that position now where they might be more aggressive because draws ain't going to cut it for them now they're going to need to win to have any chance of, of staying up they're going to need to win about five six games and uh, I just don't see that happening, maybe even more. I just don't see that happening here at all. And especially against this Leicester team, that's going to op offer opportunities around the back. They've got players like Madison that can pay the ball. They've got wingers that can whip in dangerous balls like Perez and... and um, and Harvey Barnes and then of course got Jamie Vardy who can get in from behind and he can use his head and he can pretty much score any which way and for me this is only going one way here I think Leicester pick up the win here on Friday night and uh, and get themselves back on track because they have been off track and even though I said earlier they're, they're guaranteed to go through which they which uh, to qualify for the Champions League which they are um 
they, they would still feel a lot more comfortable if they were able to secure those wins because the gap has tightened now to, to Chelsea. It is only six points. And uh, more worryingly, it'd be nine points from Manchester United because they're the team that could really push them out of the top four. And although it looks like top five is going to do it this year because Man City aren't going to be in, even Tottenham are on 40 points. And if Leicester carry on playing this way, Tottenham can make up that gap. And I set a very low target for Leicester earlier on in the season where I said they only needed to win about six games. Well, um, this is during the, the midpoint. Well, they, they haven't gone and done that. They haven't got to that marker, which I targeted to them. They haven't got those 65 points. Then They're actually nowhere near them. So they would have to actually win five of the last 11 games. One of those games would have to be this one against this uh, Norwich City team, who, as I said, would probably need to win six games by themselves here to have any chance of staying up. Um, six out of the last 11 I think would give them some kind of chance because it would move them on to 36 points and if they can pad that out of a few draws 36 plus a few draws so 38 would possibly give them a chance this season but that would that that would be highly unlikely to happen anyway I, I can't see less I can't even see three wins I can't even see three wins in Norwich schedule and, I, and that includes this weekend where I don't see a win for them either. I'm going to go for Leicester here. Up next, we look at Brighton versus Crystal Palace where Brighton are the 11 to 10 favourites here. It's 11 to 5 the draw and it's 13 to 5 on Palace. This game is oddly considered a rivalry and a bit of a derby, um, which normally leans me towards the under and us seeing a bit of a rough game here with bookings. I think with Palace's win last week, they're going to be totally safe. Therefore, the team that needs the win here more would be Brighton. Brighton are sitting just four points above the relegation zone from West Ham, who looked very good last week away to Liverpool, despite the fact they had the loss. Crystal Palace are way out of it now on day three points. They probably just need to win two more matches to survive this season, and they've got 11 games to do so. And if they won two out of 11 you'd look at that and go that's a pretty bad run well they've been on a run that's been even worse than that lately which shows what a good start to the season they had because they're able to go on such a poor run and pull out a win last week and now it seems like they're just one win away from or one or two wins away from safety um I'm not sure if this is going to be one, though, because, as I said, the needs of Brighton will be greater. They'll be desperate to win this game. But I think Crystal Palace are a dangerous team, especially when they are coming off um, harsh criticism. I've noticed that Crystal Palace often respond to that. Um, Roy Hodgson often responds to that. When, when the, the, the talk started on local talk radio stations and whatnot of Crystal Palace possibly being sucked in there. They they went and produced a very, very organised performance last weekend against Newcastle where Newcastle never really looked like scoring. And um, Crystal Palace managed to shut them out in the very Crystal Palace way of uh, by winning that game 1-0. And I see something similar here where I don't necessarily see Palace winning it 1-0, but I see it being a tight game, mainly down to the league positions, but also down to the rivalry. Um, I often say that rivalries in the Premier League don't mean as much as they used to because these players, uh, with so many foreign players being in, in and around the league, do they understand what the London derby is? Do they understand what the um, what the Merseyside derby is? Do they understand what the Manchester derby is? Does it mean as much to the foreigners who, who didn't grow up with it and didn't live in the areas, etc.? But um, I, I think that... Um, 
we will we, we will see a tight game here regardless just just down to the league positions alone and also down to the fact that despite the fact that Brighton may look pretty in terms of the way that they've played this season and it's been a vast improvement on previous years they're not necessarily like lighting it up with goals and Crystal Palace certainly aren't this season so it could even end up a draw this one I mean Brighton have drawn four of the last six home games and the Eagles have drawn I believe four of the last six away games so both sides have shown that they they are specialists when it comes to, to stalemates um, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards a draw here and the under um, I think it'll be a one or draw so it's not an under where I don't think it's going to be any kind of sweat, but I do think inevitably be under because neither of these sides can produce two goals seemingly. Plus, um, all of like Brighton's last three home games have ended one all anyway. And actually two of Palace's last four on the road have been one all draws as well. So I think there's value there in a one all, but I like the under here and I like the value on the draw. I mean, that may pop up later on in the show in terms of um, in terms of our dog play when we get round to that. Moving on to the next game here, we have uh, Bournemouth versus Chelsea, where it's 7-2 Bournemouth, 3-1 the draw and 4-6 Chelsea. Bournemouth need it more, but Chelsea need it too here because A, they're trying to get into the top four and B, they need some kind of bounce back from that Munich performance because that was just an embarrassing men versus boys shellacking. And Chelsea return here and get back to... What I would say their main priority is, which is finishing in the top four, along with um, the FA Cup as well in midweek. I think they have a, a good chance of doing well in that, especially being drawn against Liverpool, because I don't think Liverpool are going to bother playing a strong team in that one, given the fact that they're in such a tight Champions League draw with Atletico Madrid. They're, they're losing the, the tie 1-0, and um, they do need to turn that around, so they don't want to lose any players for that. They obviously want to stay unbeaten in the league. That would be a monumental achievement for them. It would be more than just winning the league title to go invincible. So their focus lies elsewhere from the FA Cup. So Chelsea back to their what is their bread and butter, which is the league and finishing in the top four and and potentially trying to win the FA Cup. I, I think the Champions League was always a, a wild pipe dream and the, the exit was predictable. I came on this show and predicted that not only would Bayern Munich win but I said that it, they may win by an amount which encourages Chelsea to not bother playing a strong team in a second leg and I really feel that 3-0 did that and um, some of these players will really need to pick themselves up here for this Bournemouth game. Bournemouth do notoriously do well against Chelsea. Chelsea for some reason find it very difficult to beat Bournemouth so I think the value here actually lies on, um, on Bournemouth on the double chance because I don't think this is the type of Chelsea team where you look at them and think that they have the personnel to bounce back. There's a lot of young players and I think it needs more experienced heads in order to shut that out and bounce back. Whereas I think it will really prey on the minds of a lot of these players, how convincingly they were beaten. And then the next thing you do, you don't get a nice home game against a, a, a Norwich or, a, or a West Ham or anybody like that. You then have to travel away to this Bournemouth team who are desperate to win and um and are teetering on in, in that relegation zone and, and desperately need to get something out of this result and it's going to be a physical tough game for Chelsea and I just feel that Bournemouth are capable of avoiding a defeat here against them despite the fact that Chelsea need to bounce back from this and uh, Bournemouth to do that is five to four here on the double chance but again like the last game I can see a draw here I can see a draw I can see both teams being 
I would say, unsatisfied with, with, with the outcome. But um, well, I don't know, actually. Looking at the bottom of the table and looking at Bournemouth's fixtures, are they targeting Chelsea as the game that they need to win in their running? I'm not too sure. I, I wouldn't say so. So I think a draw would suit Bournemouth better than, than Chelsea if they were to pick up something from this game. Whereas Chelsea, I think, are looking to bounce back from, from what happens to them immediately. And I think for them, if they were able to draw this game and continue on in the FA Cup and win in midweek, that would be probably a sufficient recovery from what Bayern Munich done to them. But they really don't want a, a second loss here, that's, that's for sure. Moving on to Newcastle versus Burnley, where it's 8-5 on Newcastle, 21-10 to the draw, and 15-8 to on Burnley. Newcastle and Burnley, two teams that have got themselves safe this season, despite the fact that some way fear Newcastle gets sucked into it again. I think they're like Palace, where they just need to produce two wins, despite the fact that they have two less points than Palace here. But I do think that they're just two wins away. I'm not necessarily sure that this would be one of them, though, because Burnley are playing really well this season. Um, or well, it went really well as of late, because at one point it looked like they would get sucked in there after a good start. But um, their bookends of this season have been good, like in terms of the way that they start and, and, and finished. In the middle, they looked kind of ropey, especially around Christmas, where they looked they would, like they were going to be sucked in. But that doesn't appear to be the case anymore. I would lean Newcastle here if I was to pick a winner, but I would really lean towards the, the under here. I think it's going to be a typical tight Newcastle game that may be decided by just one single goal. Um, not many Newcastle games produce three or more goals. And uh, I don't see this one being any different to those with the, the under here being available at four to six. I think that would definitely be the way to go for me here in this game. Newcastle versus Burnley and uh, the under 2.5 in this one. Up next, we look at West Ham versus Southampton, where West Ham are a home underdog here. It's seven to four. It's five to two to draw and it's six to four on Southampton. The last time I saw Southampton play, they lost at home to Burnley and it wasn't a very good performance. Um, they're definitely missing Nathan Redmond and a couple of other key players. Um, I think there is an element of safety, uh, of being safe that's kind of set into Southampton in terms of, I think they feel like they're not going to go down and they're not going to go down. Um, their recent run uh, has made sure that they're not going to go down and it pretty much was cemented by that win that they had at Leicester, which I felt was quite impressive. I mean, last weekend, they beat Aston Villa at home by two goals to nil. Um, prior to that, yes, they lost 4-0 to, to Liverpool, but the 2-0 away win against Crystal Palace was key. Um, the 2-1 away win against Leicester was key. The 1-0 home win against Tottenham as well. Um, and they had a 2 0 away to Chelsea, a 3 1 away to Southampton. They have been picking up points. And if you notice there, a lot of times they won those six pointer games as well. And that's been key in terms of where Southampton's league position is now and where some of the other teams lingering around in that relegation battle are. But Southampton aren't in it, which actually makes me think that they would be less motivated to win this game. I feel that. Uh, House and Hootle will be happy to to finish in the upper half of the of the bottom half. So we're looking at um, anywhere between 12th and 14th would be good enough here for the Southampton team. A top half finish would just be a massive achievement for them. But for West Ham, if they can just replicate the performance that they did against Liverpool, they will be out of this relegation zone on, on Saturday afternoon. And that's for sure. Um, as I said, they're the underdogs to win here. If you take it down to... 
the uh, the Drawdo bet market, you can find West Ham as the even money underdogs there. Southampton generally available at eight to eleven. There are some places where the Drawdo bet is a ten to eleven, ten to eleven split, but I'm looking at a place that offers me a better price, and uh, I would take it here. I would take West Ham on the Drawdo bet market just in, in just in case they they are that same team that turned up against Liverpool and they and they can replicate that performance because if they play the way they played on Monday here, they'll win the game. There's no doubt about it, and they'll really take some stress off themselves because as it stands at the moment West Ham are in big trouble and this whole thing of they're too good to go down they're too good to go down they're too good to go down that doesn't mean anything you actually do end up going down and um, this this looks like a possibility for West Ham at the moment because every week we're looking at it and waiting for them to get out of it and thinking that it's inevitable well that that air of inevitability is not happening right now they're, they're not getting out of the relegation zone. They keep losing games. And even when it looks like they're going to have a massive turnaround and and get something from Anfield, their reliable goalkeeper who's been reliable forever, Fabianski's not the same keeper that came from Arsenal. He's been a great goalkeeper for West Ham. He lets them down by letting Salah's shot go through his legs. I don't even think he was particularly great on the first Liverpool goal that they scored either. I feel that he may have been at fault for that one too. So the the Alexander cross to Wijnaldum. So just when it looks like you may be turning the corner and your players are willing to fight for you, your ever-present and consistent goalkeeper all of a sudden goes to mush. So there's not much legislating for that, but I really think here, if they can make a full and concerted effort, the West Ham will be able to win this game and there's value on them here on the double-chance market. Before we move on with the show, let me take a second here to talk about my bookie. If you use the promo code SGP, you get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Um, you can bet everything here that we're talking about. All of the EPL is available, along with tons of college and NBA and XFL lines. They're a great resource for in-game wagering where you can deposit and withdraw using Bitcoin for faster, lightning-fast payouts, actually. Uh, head over to mybookie.ag and use our promo code SGP. We are also brought to you by Roman. Um, if you're struggling with ED and you don't want to wait for treatment, get, an effect, get effective ED prescriptions without having to visit a doctor. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash SGP. Moving on with the show, and we move on to that final game on Saturday here. Um, there's not the full amount of games this weekend and the reason for that is because Aston Villa are playing Man City um, if you're asking the same question that my little kid asked me um, why does that mean that we only go down to six games well that's because uh, Aston Villa and Man City were not each other's scheduled opponents this weekend so obviously because of that fact um, the teams that they were supposed to play will not will also not play their games this weekend which unfortunately for me has ended up being Sheffield United because I have a plethora of Sheffield United defenders in my fantasy team that I've had to bench for this weekend. So that wasn't too much fun uh, in order to um, having to bench them and, and get players in. I mean, the other option would have been to just have only seven or eight active players this weekend, but it's never one that I'd recommend. Um, the other team not playing this weekend is Arsenal, and I think they really need a break after what they did tonight. That was a horrendous horrendous defeat against a very very average team and uh, I can see it very difficult for Arsenal to, to bounce back from that just when it looked like they were turning the corner under Mikel Arteta 
So we move on here to our final game on Saturday. It's Watford versus Liverpool. Watford are the 11-2 underdogs here. 8-15 a draw and 1-2 on Liverpool. The 1-2 just inside what we can take here as a lock. And um, it's a pretty boring lock to take because it's very, very chalky and I don't want people to look at me trying to just retain my lock run after a poor start and, and point fingers and say, oh, well, you've made a recovery because you started to go for one to twos. It's bullshit. Like, through the entire run, through this recent 25 and 8 bounce-back run that we've had, we've never, ever steered towards one to twos on purpose at all. In fact, we've tried to stay away from them, trying to steer away from one right now. But the situation is clear. Liverpool have the possibility here of winning this league title with a ridiculous points record. And I don't think a team like Watford is going to stand in, in front of them. And even if they do put men behind the ball and make it difficult like they did for Liverpool at Anfield, inevitably they did get beaten 2-0. And at home, they play into their hands even more because home teams are under more pressure to, to entertain their fans and come forward. So Liverpool have found it equally easy to get away wins this season. Um, there's only one team that have got anything from Liverpool this season and that's Manchester United at Old Trafford and Liverpool were very lucky to get back into that game as they were last week. A, a gift um, gifted them the opportunity, a mistake by Fabianski, a rare mistake by Fabianski allowed Liverpool back into that game last week. So it does feel like the gods are, are with them and at the same time it's a weird feeling that maybe... Maybe they're starting to crack a little bit. Uh, the defeat against Atletico Madrid, the lucky win against West Ham. Maybe there's signs there that this team may be showing signs of fatigue or, or mental fatigue in terms of what they're about to achieve, in terms of trying to compete on three fronts. They're still in the FA Cup. They're trying to win the Champions League back-to-back. -back. They're about to win the first Premier League title in 30 years and do it as an undefeated team. Maybe there's some strain on that, and maybe that's the reason why we steer away from the easiest lock on the board here, which would be Liverpool at 1-2. I'm not too sure, but um, at that price, you find it difficult for me not to take them and find it difficult for me not to advise you to put them into parlays because more difficult teams than on paper than Watford have all been swept aside away from home this season and that includes going to the likes of Wolves going to the likes of Tottenham going to the likes of Chelsea this season and picking up wins in all these places so I don't think that there's any reason here not to take Liverpool Moving on to Sunday's game here, and this is the game of the week. It's Everton versus Manchester United, where Everton are the 6-4 favourites to beat Man U, based on the fact they beat them so easily here last season. 23-10 to draw and 9-5 on Man U. Um, oh, I'd be very, very disappointed as a supporter if Man United lost this game. Uh, Everton coming off a loss last week against Arsenal, which put Arsenal ahead of him in the table, where Everton on 36 points still have an outside chance here of getting the Champions League spot, which Man United hold, I would say, in fifth place. And I'm going to start talking about fifth place being a Champions League spot now moving forward unless Man City win the appeal. So there's five points off this Champions League spot, which is unthinkable at the start of the season. And of course, if they win this game against Man United, they'll be only two points behind them. So there's a lot on the table here. And there's also a lot on the table in the other game uh, between Tottenham or the remaining game between Tottenham and Wolves because Wolves can make a giant step in, into this top five this weekend because if Man United drop points uh, Wolves have the opportunity to get into fifth place by beating Tottenham and likewise Tottenham can really get themselves into a nice position they can 
actually go just one point behind Chelsea if Tottenham were to win this game and Chelsea were to lose, for example, against Bournemouth this weekend. So despite the fact there's a lot of teams missing and despite the fact that we that we have no title race this season to speak of, the top four or top five now is very, very, very interesting and people can chop and change places all the time and there are some interesting games that can impact that one and uh, especially these two here on Sunday with Everton versus Man United and Tottenham versus Wolves. But with Man United being the underdog here, um, it does represent an opportunity to, to take them here on the double chance market because they are available at four Four to seven odds here to avoid a defeat against Everton. And you can also take Man United at 10 to 11 on the draw no bet market. Um, they're on a very, very good run at the moment. They've kept clean sheets in six of their last seven. So they're very difficult to break down. Um, I would also lean towards this game going under here. But um, I think we're really kind of pushing your luck if we, if we do play that. Because as a Man United fan, I want us to win this game. But I just find it very difficult to think that we're going to get eight clean sheets out of the last nine games. Oh, sorry, seven clean sheets out of the last eight games because that would be a monumental achievement and a monumental sign that actually, despite the fact that there's criticism of Solskjaer, he did do good business in the window and his signings can be trusted and he tightened up at the back and though it may have taken some time to adjust and David De Gea's form needed to come right. At the moment, it looks like defensively, Man United are a solid team. And Bruno Fernandes coming in has made a big difference there in midfield. They look a lot more organised. They look a lot more creative. Um, a few weeks ago, they definitely wouldn't have put up five goals against anyone. And I know they put up a bunch of goals against Tramir, but this is Tramir. Tonight, they beat a competent team. And I know they were down to 10 men. But as I said, you still need to beat what's in front of you. And so often, 10 men teams, 10-man teams become even more compact and more difficult to break down. But Man United had no problems tonight and even allowed Agarlo to, to get on the score sheet from Fred actually scored twice for Man United in the second half. So now everybody's getting a bit of the pie and uh, it's exciting times and things are looking very good and it would be very disappointing here to come to Everton and to, and to lose this game, which is why I like United here on the double chance at 4-7 primarily more than anything else here in this game. Before we close out with the with the final game here, which is um, Tottenham versus Wolves, let me take a second here to talk about aceperhead.com. Obviously, you know by now that Ace is a sponsor here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are the place to go if you've ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how. They will provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace offers live betting and an exclusive, uh, sorry, and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Also want to take this opportunity to talk about Monkey Knife Fight, who also are one of the sponsors here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing fantasy site on the planet. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $50. That's monkeyknifefight.com, promo code SGP. That's monkeyknifefight.com promo code SGP. They've actually also got some awesome basketball, hockey and golf action too. So make sure you go to monkeyknifefight.com and sign up. Um, new users type, use that promo code, as I said, SGP and receive a 100% match bonus up to $50. Promo code once again, same promo code for everything. That's SGP. That's monkeyknifefight.com. 
and the promo code SGP. So let's do that last game. It was Tottenham versus Wolves. Tottenham available at 7 to 5, 11 to 5 the draw, and 2 to 1 on Wolves. Wolves coming back from this Espanyol game where they qualified, obviously, because they had a 4-0 lead going into it. Ended up losing the second leg. Um, I was all over that. I was all over Espanyol as an underdog today because I really didn't think Wolves were going to put out a, a solid team. The team was actually stronger than I expected it to be, but it still ended up losing, thankfully. Um, in this situation, as I said, Wolves have the opportunity to, uh, all Tottenham have the opportunity to really spring into that top five if there's not a positive result for Man United if Man United managed to drop points against Everton it will present an opportunity to one of these two but um, I feel like nobody's really going to take it here um, as much as I am leaning towards Tottenham I look at Wolves's draw record this season and, and when look at the, the the lack of defeats that they've had this season but whoa have they had a lot of draws and just think to myself that this just screams out like it could be another one here this season. Um, seeing as Wolves have drawn nearly half their games, they've drawn 12 out of 27 games this season. And if they just managed to turn just a couple of those into, into wins, they'd have four more points and they would be sitting in fifth place this season, just one point behind Manchester United. But unfortunately for them, that's not been the case. But it shows you how decent this Wolves team are. The fact that they've lost six games this season, there's two fewer than Man United, three fewer than Chelsea, less one less than Leicester and the same number of games as Manchester City. It shows you how difficult it has to be. It's actually the same thing that could be said for Arsenal. Uh, they've drawn even more games than Wolves this season. They've actually got one less win and they've drawn 13 of the 27 games so that's even closer to half um, so we have some real draw specialists here in the table and they're sitting in 8th and ninth place it's Wolves and Arsenal and I wouldn't be surprised if this game winds up a draw but what I would be even more surprised about here is if anybody in this game managed to keep a clean sheet because Jose Mourinho as much as he's been a defensive mastermind at other clubs in the past he has not come in and managed to do anything with this defence and um, for me this is a game that's likely to have goals at both ends. And uh, I would lean here uh, as the safest bet being both teams to score in this game. And uh, you'll be able to get that at 10 to 11. So it's 10 to 11, yes, 10 to 11, no. 10 to 11 against this um, Mourinho defence letting in another goal. and um, But still also being able to avoid a defeat to this Wolves team at the same time. It's, it's, it's pretty decent value overall if you think about it. So that's where I'm going to go with that one. Uh, the final thing I'm going to cover, I'm going to cover the Carabao Cup final this weekend where Man City are actually unbackable. They're 1-7 to to win this game in 90 minutes and 1-16 uh, to to lift the trophy. Um, I like the minus one in this game, but it's obviously going to be one that you're going to need to put into parlays and things to get any real value in it because Man City to win this game by a one goal handicap is at one to two. Again, if I lock that up, it would be a really easy lock to do because it's bang on that one to two region. You would think that Manchester City would be able to win this cup final here by more than a goal, seeing as they've got cup final experience, they've got big game experience, and um, 
and they've just got far more pedigree than Aston Villa, whose supporters, I'm sure, will just enjoy the day and the fact that they've managed to get to this cup final. I think we would have been a lot better off seeing Leicester against Man City here. But then even then, when you look at the games that Leicester and Man City have played um, recently, uh, Man City, despite they went 1-0 down, they were relatively comfortable at home. And last week, there was only ever going to be one winner in that game. Uh, they pressed and pressed and pressed, and in the end, they managed to break through against Leicester, and deservedly so. And remember, earlier on in the game, they also missed the penalty. So... You'd uh, have to surmise that that was a comfortable victory last week for Man City, even though they only showed a 1-0 scoreline. So here I like Man City on the minus one, but as I said, it's probably nothing you can just take singularly. Um, I'd probably parlay it together with, with Liverpool and you'd probably get a, um, a pretty safe return out of that one. Closing out with the Lock Dog Parlay on the show. Um, I'll start with a parlay because you said it. I think that that would be a good parlay to go with. I think Liverpool and Man City minus one in the cup final would be something that you could just put together. Be a relatively safe bet. For my underdog play, I'm going to go West Ham to win this must-win game here against Southampton at 7-4. I do think that that is... A, um, a winnable game for West Ham and the type of game that you're going to desperately need to win in order to survive here in the league. And uh, for me, that one is pretty much a must-win, a must-win situation for West Ham because they cannot continue to be tagged as the team that are too good to go down yet sit in that relegation zone week after week after week while the teams in and around and pick up points. They need something from this game and I think it represents a, a winnable game for them. For the lock, lots of stuff here that I actually liked, but I'm going to go with one of my unders. It was successful for us last week. I'm going to stay on that. Um, the, the best one for me is going to be Brighton Crystal Palace because of the rivalry as well. Um, I just can't see three goals in this game. We can see a tight game, uh, lots of bad tackles, um, you know, poor, poor forwards here on the pitch here. You're looking at Ben Teke against one of the one of the Brighton forwards. And the reason I'm not naming one is not through lack of knowledge in terms of who plays for Brighton, but the fact is is that they try to rotate the position so many times because they can't get any goals. And I mean at one point the Glenn Murray was the guy leading the line and they'll go from like Mope and then they'll rely on Aaron Connolly, who put one good performance against Tottenham and has done nothing since. Um, I mean they may get goals from more creative positions where they've got Aaron Moy and, and Pascal Gross, but when I look up and down this team generally, I don't think that they're as good as the other teams in that relegation battle. And then the price from Brighton to go down is relatively big. But when you look at the squad, it doesn't look like a particularly impressive team to me. I mean, as I said, it's got bigger than it was last week. It's now 6-1 to one from 5-1. to one. And um, bearing in mind that I'm of the opinion that um, Norwich and Bournemouth are going to go down here, especially because of Bournemouth's running, and really we're looking at one spot between Villa, West Ham, Watford and Brighton. I think that Watford and West Ham are capable of going on runs, and I just feel that Aston Villa are better players than Brighton. And uh, if you look at the league table, things can really change around quickly between those two sides. I mean, the... the Boogies have got Villa as the four to six second favourites to go down, but but Bournemouth's running is far worse than Aston Villa's in. And, and don't get me wrong, Aston Villa don't have a good run in, but I don't I don't really most weeks I don't fancy Brighton to really beat anybody at all, unless they're playing Norwich City at home. And uh, as I said, this could change very very quickly. There's three points: Villa win one game, and Brighton lose a game, and all of a sudden, this could be 
completely turned on its head. The only thing going for Brighton is that they have a relatively decent goal difference of minus seven, which is decent for a bottom half team, especially one competing for um, competing to stay up and in the relegation zone. And that will help them. That will be like an extra point when it comes down to the end of the season. So perhaps that factors into the thinking. But I still think looking at personnel and... Um, what they've done this season and the form that they're in, especially their away form, it does represent decent value here. But um, the lock here anyway is going to be the under on in the Brighton and Crystal Palace game. So that concludes this edition of the EPL show. Don't forget to head over to lockbetting.com where you can check out the European show. I've explained numerous times what that is, is the crown jewel of lockbetting.com. We've actually had... Um, I'm always transparent. We've always we actually had an 0-2 run on the locks, which is very, very weird because we were motoring along at a 24-5 record and I was thinking that we were going to be 25-5, which basically means for every six locks I was giving out, I was laying five of them. And that's uh, 83%. So I was targeting that and uh, unfortunately we fell short. And um, we fell short with the same team two weeks in a row, a team I really can't trust at the moment. I bet on Seville to beat the bottom team in Spain, Espanyol, and it ended up being a draw, a 2-2 draw. Don't know where Espanyol pulled that result out of. And then the following week, I faded Seville because they looked terrible in that game. They looked terrible against Cluj. And uh, they ended up winning 3-0 away to Hatafe, a team that had been really impressive all season and were coming off a loss against Barcelona where they looked competitive in that game and they get beaten at home 3-0. And then tonight, Sevilla go back to their usual self and all the, the way that they've played lately and, and draw a blank against Cruz, a Romanian side who have done well just to get to the last 32 of the Europa League. So... Some tough, tough teams to read in Spain, but this weekend we'll be looking to definitely bounce back on that show. Very, very aware that we missed two locks in a row, so pretty much I'm not going to guarantee that we'll get back on track with that lock, but a lot of work is going into that show to make sure that we have a really good one this week. Plus, of course, over there is the El Clasico. Now, I'll be doing Team of the Week and my Premier League predictions as normal at sportsgamblingpodcast.com for the EPL, but I will be putting a request to do some additional work on the El Clasico because I would like to do a combined 11 between Barcelona and Real Madrid and preview the game for you guys for free over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So once I know about that, I'll put it out on my Twitter if I've got the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Uh, if I get the thumbs down, then I'm going to write the article anyway and it'll be available at lockbetting.com, but hopefully it appears on sportsgamblingpodcast.com anyway. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening, guys. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. 
The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney+. Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. We're partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus.